Welcome to Midnight Menu Plus One. I'm Ray Kanata. And I'm Margot Moss. It is midnight at Ted's Frost Hop on Claiborne and Calhoun in Uptown New Orleans. Once a week, Margot and I meet here at Ted's and we invite a member of New Orleans' restaurant community to join us. And we invite them to bring along a friend, a plus one. Now, we never know who that plus one's going to be, but we're looking forward to finding out along with you. But we do know who our special guest is tonight. We are very excited to have with us today none other than the unique New Orleans original, Steve Watson. Steve Watson is rumored to be a personal friend of NFL great Johnny Unitas' family. Not only that, he is also a National Hockey League insider. Not only that, he's also a bona fide ex-rock star. But all those things pale in comparison to his greatest achievement, and that is the contribution he's made for many years now to the bar and restaurant scene in New Orleans. He is none other than the co-founder and co-owner, continues to run uh, Kingpin, one of the great bars in our city, right here in Uptown. Not only that, but he's also more recently developed Midway Pizza, which he co-owns and, and runs there every day. Midway Pizza has been literally a pioneer in, in pan pizza in our city. And it's been not only a popular, but also a critical success. I'm so excited to have Steve here. I can't wait to hear from him. But uh, first, a few other things. I wanted to ask you, Margo, we have, a, we have someone else with us today. Uh, you brought Meatball here to cook the food for us. Uh, Ted's got a great menu, but he's going to be supplementing that tonight as well for us here. Can you tell us a little bit about who Meatball is and what, what, what's he offering? Well, Meatball is a great guy. He uh, moved to New Orleans from Connecticut a while back, and his first job was at Giacomo's when right. Austin Leslie was there. Wow. And he moved on to Commanders, and currently he works at Cowbell. Well, I love Cowbell so much. Yeah, we're really excited. He came up with a special menu just for just for our, our show. For our show, Ted's Midnight Menu. Wow, what are um, some of the things he's cooking up for us tonight? He's making a spicy grilled pork chop with uh, a Ted's Frost Up root beer glaze. Oh come on! Wow. <laughs> Dirty rice and some homemade applesauce. He's also got a pizza burger. Oh, that's appropriate with Steve here. <laughs> yes, a pizza burger on a grilled brioche. With ha- house-made fries, provolone, and homemade marinara sauce. Oh man, that's so, gonna okay. Can I have all those things? Yeah. How long's the show? We got an hour. I can <laughs> I can eat two or three of those. Save room though. He's got a fried dough uh, dessert, savory or sweet, a pizza-style dough with marinara and provolone, or a cinnamon sugar dough. So. Well, you know, I mean, it's technically the next day now. We're into the next day, so I can call this breakfast, right? <laughs> wow. Okay. You hungry yet? What did you have to eat this weekend, Margo? Did you, did, you go, did you go anywhere interesting? I did not go out anywhere. I didn't... Uh, uh, looks like Steve's here. Okay. We'll, we'll have him on in just a moment. Yeah. I cooked at home a lot this week. What'd you have? We, uh, I went to Emmett's. It's a butcher. Oh, nice. Where's in, that? Uh, on Jefferson Highway. All right. And... We had stuffed chicken with artichoke, bacon sausage. Oh, man. Boudin. Wow. My kid even ate uh, crawfish boudin for breakfast one day. I was all about the prepared foods this week. No no going out. Why did you hesitate but no to tell me that? You scratch. looked like you had nothing. I looked in your <laughs> eye, and I saw this vacancy, and I thought, she didn't do much. She had scrambled eggs or something. Then you come out with that? Well, Why do you have to go out to eat when you eat that at home? That's amazing. Yeah, you have to check out Emmett's. It's great. That He's, sounds incredible. The guy was a butcher at uh, Langenstein's for 30 years. Oh, I love Langenstein's. And he just opened up his own spot. Oh, so. awesome. All right. Wow, that pales comparison to me. Now I'm embarrassed. Well, I mean, I shouldn't say that. That's insulting to where I ate. Of course, I ate out every, almost every meal. That's what I do. And so this morning, Kathy and I walked to Slim Goodies from my house. And I, you know, I could justify the big, rich omelet because it's a, about a five-mile round trip. <laughs> but uh, uh, I don't know if I burned the calories or not, but I had, the, I had the Havana, which is incredible. Incredible. One of the world's great omelets. And my wife had the Americana. I like that as well. Um, what did we have for dinner? We had, oh, we had, uh, we had Rouse's. We had some prepared food from Rouse's. We got uh, barbecued ribs. Really good. Just you know. Oh, I haven't had their ribs. Oh, they peel right off the bone. 
unbelievable. Yeah, just incredible. My, my, my kids are both really fussy about their ribs, and they, they have opposite taste in ribs, but they both like the same ribs at Rouse's, so that's always a nice compromise for us. Okay, well, I think it's time now to talk with our special guest, Steve Watson. We introduced him before. He is, a, uh, he is the owner of Midway Pizza and of the Kingpin among many other things. So I have a long list of questions I want to ask you, Steve, but <laughs> glad to have you here. Well, it's great to be here. Thanks for having me. All right. Let's see. How did you, how, how did you get into pizza? I mean, well, first of all, let's see now. You were, a, uh, you're, you were involved in professional athletics. You were uh, a rock star. You were, what else? What else were you before you were, well, of course, you were a bar owner before you were a pizza owner. Well, I'm trying to top rock star and professional <laughs> athlete. But um, and that's loose use of the word um, professional athlete and rock star. <laughs> However, um, I was involved playing music for years, and my parents uh, opened this pizza place. My dad used to play hockey. and so Now, we, your dad holds some records, right? My dad holds some records for the most penalty minutes. He had the world record for penalty minutes when I, well, I guess when he retired, which would be 1978. So I guess I was probably 10 or 11 years old. And where was this? This was in, he, we finished up with the Washington Capitals. So my dad was, uh, started playing hockey when he, he grew up in Canada, like most of the NHL was. He was a guy that was, he, at age 14, moved away from home, went to, he was bought by the Montreal Canadiens. And why did he move away from home at 14? Because they would take him, they would, back in the day, um, you could be drafted and you could, you, that meant you were property of the team. And the team would, you would go, to their farm team. At 14, he was 14. He Parents moved. probably weren't crazy about that, huh? Parents were probably happy. If you knew my dad, <laughs> they were probably happy to get rid of him. But no, that's what you had to do back then. So my dad was a pro, pro hockey player. I was born in Pittsburgh when he was playing for the Penguins. And uh, we were laughing about him. Yeah, he was he's a little guy, a real tough guy. And um, for years, he was a big, you'll, you'll see the sort of, uh, you know, you can look at the 70s hockey, he's no helmet. Lots of fighting, slap shot. That was sort of his era. And uh, he was always a big character and lots of fun. And uh, that's, we, my, my mom and my sister and I, we would travel with our dad. You know, it was like he got traded a bunch. So we would live in, I lived in St. Louis, Pittsburgh. I made a living off of, uh, not a li- I didn't make a living, but he made a living off of getting traded, which meant that I would be in. Uh, you know, first grade, and we'd be traded somewhere in the middle of the school year. I'd sort of be dumped in this new school, and here's the new kid, and you know, sort of. Um, but it Man, was what, what was that like? How many schools did you go to? Um, well, I was asked to a lot. I had to. It wasn't just him that made me leave schools, unfortunately. <laughs> uh, <laughs> but I went to. I, I probably when before I was in sixth grade, he was probably we probably moved to three different, four different places, All and right. then he retired from the NHL and went to coach. And he coached the Edmonton Oilers, who at that time had Wayne Gretzky and Mark. He coached Messier. Wayne Gretzky. Coach Wayne Gretzky. So I lived no kidding. Ed- head coach. Lived, he was the head coach. So I lived Golly. in Edmonton. And it was it was Gretzky, uh, Messier. So it was, so it was like a ten year old kid. Wherever you were, fifteen year old kid, you're hanging out with hanging like, out with Gretzky. Yeah. Golly, who was too cool, a nice guy. And Messier was actually his. For people down here, they may not be as big hockey fans, but. When my dad was was let go by the Capitals, he went to play in this team, the Cincinnati Stingers, which were in the WHA. And Messier was 17 years old. Huh. I think my dad was 36 or 37, and he uh, was Messier's roommate. They made him be roommates, so it was like they became great buds. Huh. And to this day, they're still great friends. And it was like, you know, the old man and the young kid, and they had lots of fun. So that was sort of my upbringing all over the place with my dad. Wow. Which didn't really lend itself to pizza, however. Right, right. Now, your dad, to, to rack up like the most amount of penalties he had a in lot the of entire history of the N- NHL, like, got to be an aggressive guy. Now, was he like that at home, too? Was he, he um, not with us, but he could be. Uh, <laughs> he had a temper, um, but I don't... Would he have scored any penalty points at home, too? Uh, yeah, he could have scored some penalty points. <laughs> it's gotten, as we've gotten older, um, he still um, scores penalty points, so he... Instead of yelling at me, there's been a few wrestling matches, you know. What I mean? it's like, <laughs> but uh, he's a great guy and a really and a, a pretty. Uh, he the, the thing that's really neat about him, and it's sort of like what we're doing now at the Midway. He's had this restaurant, um, which we can go into, but for 30 years, and, he, and he's run it like a team, you know, like where he's a right. And it's a real family, you know. It's it, it's you feel the atmosphere or the vibe that he 
can channel, and it, it's carried through that restaurant for 30 years. Huh. Did that influence you greatly in your first business and in this one as well? I mean, well, yeah, for sure. What was the that, that that's a big influence? What what had happened with um, I? I guess I bartended for at, the, at his place and worked in the kitchen and everything. When I moved to New Orleans, um, I had I moved over here and then I had Ike, uh, my son, and I was working at this place, the Bulldog, and I knew that I could do my own thing. I figured, you know, like doing uh, a bar, and um, I drank a lot, so I had that <laughs> down. Um, and it was just one of those things where the the situation presented itself, and um, it's like, why don't we try this? And I was talking about my great buddy that's in with the midway and the kingpin anyway how'd you end up in new orleans in the first place um i ended up in new orleans i was uh living in austin texas i was playing music then right, you were in a band right i was in a band i was in this band called the neptunes that and we, they recorded and toured and we all recorded that, right? and toured and we, what, what it was was that we were from dc and then at that time you could live austin texas this is in 1988 it was 137 a month my rent <laughs> And we would travel all over the country and play, and we'd always open. We were a pretty good little band, but it was like we were called from Austin, the Neptunes, you know. And it would be any we'd play every bar, you know. We'd play, we wouldn't play tips here. We we did play tips here, but we'd play like Jimmy's or Carrollton Station, and you'd open up for someone. Uh, uh, and it was like the, the, at that time the vibe on Austin, which is still today. I mean, but Roots Rock was really big then. Or, yeah. or it was like you could make a, bars could make a living off of booking these bands. And so I did that for years, and it was like free bar, free food, free booze, um, live in a van, and it was great. Why would you, would you want to leave that? Yeah, I didn't want to leave that. That's what <laughs> happened. But I uh, went. I decided, and I, I ended on a high note, which I thought I was playing this guy named Mojo Nixon, who had had this hit, Elvis is everywhere, and we were doing really well at that. And I was traveling with him. And I decided to go back to college. So I went to Wisconsin, and then I went back down to Austin to resume my uh, musical career, which didn't, which took me back to 1988. It wasn't when I finished in 1994. So I was working in the kitchen, and I came over to visit one of my great friends who was in a band here called Thousand Dollar Car. And I guess I was 25 or 27, I think. And I was over here. It was about four o'clock in the morning. Bars were open. It was jazz fest, and I was like, "Why don't I just move over?" I mean, I really, and I didn't know what I know now, but I just, I felt the. Uh, I think I was at the old Miss Mays one night, oh, wow. which was where St. Joe's is now. Yeah, right? right. And there's some fight over some shit. I can't remember. It was like, you know, it was just, it was hilarious. But I was like, "Why, why not?" You know, and uh, I fell in love with the city then, and and it's, it's, it's a relationship that's only gone more since, you know. So you start working at the Bulldog after that? Working at the Bulldog because I, the guy that in the kitchen was a guy named, who's still there, who played their menu, this guy, Rem, Robert Remington. It's called Remy, and he's used to make guitar straps in Austin. So we were playing a gig, and he's like, hey, you want to come down and work in the kitchen? I was like, sure, man, like flipping hamburgers. And I shouldn't say this now because our cooks at the Midway <laughs> don't want to hear this, but it was, you know, eight bucks an hour plus tips, and it was, you know, 15, it was a great, it was a great gig. And then I just started bartending, so I started cooking, and then I bartended there, and which was great because I had Ike. Ike's mom is from here, but we met in Austin. Okay. Moved over here. Um, she moved with you? Well, no, she moved before. She didn't move, and then we became with child on our long-distance relationship. Um, once again, proving the timing method um, doesn't work. And... <laughs> and it's been the greatest thing ever but she moved over and um, I was it was a great gig because I could work I'd look after Ike in the daytime and I'd work a couple nights a week so that was sort of what was going on oh, well, he's in ninth grade now right he is in ninth grade who has the day off of school tomorrow because of the water boil oh he yes he called me that was pleasant. Yeah, they told us about so that we can about stay four late hours tonight. after. Oh, yeah. good. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, he's in ninth yeah, grade. He's a year older than my son. I know you were my son's football coach. That's how we got to know each other. Uh, and we, we would laugh. It was me and this friend of mine, uh, Cato, whose um, girlfriend works at the Kingpin. And Cato's this guy. I played high school football at this little school in D.C. called Murray. And it wasn't very competitive. And Cato was this, my neighbor who I'd have to bang on the door once in a while to wake up. Four practices because he'd been out all night, and but he knew more about football. He played in Ruston. He's like, well, let me help you out a little bit. And he would 
practice with these kids, not wear his shoes, and knew more about football than I. And I would, and I sort of pretend I was the head coach, but Cato would call the shots. And we did it, and we, you'd get these kids that you'd pick, and I lucked out getting um, Ray's kid, Andrew, and we'd all have nicknames, and we, it was Canada, and I kept going, Papa Canada, like that song. <laughs> and I was like, we called him the kid, how do you pronounce your name? We couldn't pronounce it. How do you spell your name? And stuff like that. And, I mean, I think Andrew was maybe 35 pounds, soaking wet. <laughs> and his mom came up to me, and she said, well, he's not going to, like, I know he, he loves watching football, and I said, he won't be in his situation where he's going to get hurt i mean but he was a little safety and he did great and it was like <laughs> and there are all these little kids and it, that was and that's how i met your family coaching yeah, kyle's the triplets kyle. of the baseball team which is pretty yeah. hilarious so anyway that's uh, it's, it's cool. great times so i i saw that you are i don't know if this is an ongoing thing but you're in a band or it has something to do with your son I saw the Lusher, the Lusher's, the Lusher's Dad's, Dad's band. band. Yes, that was. Um, I'm not doing that anymore. What because, What is that? Though? Well, that, what that like is, like man, I'll tell you what it is. It's really cool. There's a, at Lusher. Um, there's a music teacher that sings in the morning. This guy named Mark Hughes, who is fantastic, and he's always up by himself. And the first year I was there, we had um, in Ike's class. There, there was uh, a couple members of the Iguanas. Cranston Clemens. Um, there was a guy named Hannibal Lacumbe, I think, who was the director of the CAC, like the musical director. Hmm. Um, I'm going to mispronounce some of these guys' names. Amnesty. Uh, Adam, what's Amnesty's name? You know, the guy that plays piano with uh, Sh- Neville? Am- Amadee. Amadee, white guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, he's. Anyway, there was a bunch of these dads were there. And I was with Derek Hughes, and I said, why don't we get a band together for Mark? Because Mark, is, who's a music teacher, is always up playing by himself. And they had come up with this idea of a soiree, like a party to raise money. So we, the, the idea was that all these musicians are at the school. It's incredible. Um, and, and it's a way to support the school? way to support it. And so we put together this dad's band, and the first gig I did with him, it was like... It was a couple guys from the Guanas, Cranston Clemens, who played with Dr. John. I mean, he's as good as wow. anybody in town. That's insane. And it was like me and none of uh, the rest of the guys could read music. I couldn't read music, and I was hanging on by thread. And it was, <laughs> but it was this band that was really, really good. And so they kept it going, and we'd lose members and add members. And now um, it's, it's more focused on um, they're they're playing all the time. I'm not in it. It's but more do they raise money for the school? They and, do. Like, they play at. They play at. It... They'll play at like stuff when they have like they have a soiree or a benefit. We used to do it at tips. Um, by Adam, um, did you pay your tab? Great pork chops. But uh, uh, they they still do it. But I'm not a part of it. But Mark's Mark's doing it, and his kid now works at the Midway, so I'm sort of still connected. But it was nice. an. I mean, and the band was incredible. I was like, "Wow, this is pretty cool," you know. Man, okay. So you. So then you open up the Kingpin, and we just sort of skipped over what, like, ten years of that before you right. opened up Midway. We'll, we'll get to that in a bit. But you know, one of the great bars in the city. Everybody loves. I, I love the Midway. Everybody. I mean, uh, I, I'm sorry, the Kingpin. And then you open up Midway. What a year ago now, right? Year and a half ago. About a year ago. It was in the middle of storm, wasn't it? It was in the middle it was of the, the hurricane season. I remember. It was the first weekend. It was like the. It was. I guess what it was. Isaac was supposed to be just a tropical storm, right? This one was, but it was it was a storm before. And it, we opened on a Friday, and we had to get open. We had spent a year building the place out, and we had other investors in, and we were just worn down. And it was like we had to get open. We had to get money coming in the door because it was just it's like we you know we're at the end. You save all this money, and by the end you're just doing. You've got your credit card going. You're paying for everything as you as you know. Yeah, you did a lot of work on that space. It's a, a that's lot a nice of work. space, and that's but, in Fred Street that are, most people know is just was totally blighted and all that. You took right. a building there and just transformed it and all. And now we, you had to go, but then the storm well, we got, came. And the storm came, and but we opened. And funny thing is, when we opened. It was like we had three guys in the kitchen, and this other guy, a friend of ours, Fine Dine and Dave, who had done the me- helped us with the menu and the salads, and Eric, our, our my special guest also helped with the menu. And we opened up, and I was like, hadn't, I mean, just going 20 hours a day. And all of a sudden, I'm back in the kitchen like I'm 14, 15 years old again at my dad's kitchen where I'd <laughs> done this forever. And it's like, 
I'm getting burnt on my arms. I'm pulling pizzas. I'm like, and it was maybe the third day because we and we opened. We had a, a party, but we opened that weekend, and right off the bat, we were busy. I was going to say I drove by that night, and it was packed. It was people. Were I expected excited. to be closed because of the storm, and it was just packed out. Well, we I guess we owed everybody. It was like. Um, I think everyone that we had done a favor for came through that weekend. And if it wasn't good, that was probably the last time they were going to come back. But it was nuts. And it was just like, I remember looking over at Ben, and I was like, I'm on the, on the, the, the uh, bench. And I was like, I mean, why, why? This is really a good idea. Like, we could be golfing right now. I'm, I'm, why am I doing what? <laughs> and uh, it's, been, it's been really uh, and fast and furious since then. So it's been great. Yeah, now... Now, it's deep dish pizza, right. and I could be wrong, but I don't think – I mean, I've eaten in a few places in New Orleans, as you, as you know, right? And, right. And I, uh, I don't think I've had any other deep dish pizza in the whole city. I mean, I think you might have been the first significant <coughs> place to open up a deep dish place in the city. Well, Was that I, your original concept? That's a, well, the pizza that what your parents do, too? That's the exact same pizza. Too? So okay. the, the, the dough and the sauce are the same recipe, and then we bring the sausage uh. down, and um, – and a couple of the, the spinach cheese that's from them as well, but what it, what I always went back home and it's it's sort of loosely based on it was a franchise in D.C. and it was basically they sort of tried to emulate Uno's a little bit, okay? Because it wasn't the corn, it's not the cornmeal crust. I don't, I don't know if a lot of people like as far as Chicago guys, there's a lot. It, it takes a long time to bake. And there's a, a lot of times there's more cornmeal. Sometimes people put the sauce on the top. Ours was the, the, the original concept was Chicago style in in the D.C. area, and it was a new it was a new thing, and we didn't have that here. I like I really I'm you know I've loved Reginella. I used to eat a fresco. I mean I when I say I used to just because I'm I'm eating, it's tough for me to get out. I see you at Nino's. That's where I yeah. love Nino's. So we all yeah. love Nino's, but all the pizza here I love, but they just didn't have that style. Yeah, and, you're the only one. And I was like, but I, I guess there's that's Amore, which I you know they. I hear them on the radio, and there's another, but I've never been there. But as far as what we're doing, I was like, you know what? Um, this is a different kind of pizza. Um, it's something that's, I'm, it's always my favorite, and, but it's no knock on what's here now. Just right, right. This is what I, I well, think. It's different too. I mean, it's, it's different, and it's to. not a yeah, competitor and, really in that. And it's not overwhelming. I mean, it isn't. You know, um, I mean, it can wear you out. You eat a lot of it. It'll, you know, yeah. it can fill you up. <laughs> but at the same time, I thought it was like you know, if we can deliver what they do is like the freshest stuff. Um, everything we can make in house, we do, and go from there. You know. Yeah. Well, let me you, talk, oh, oops, sorry. I was going to ask you. Did you have any uh, a hard time with the uh, dough? I that, mean, because of the right, uh, right. That's a great question. That yeah. was our big worry. Was in the midst of doing all this stuff, um, we you know spent eight months building the place out. We had the ovens. We got those. They're they're waiting for us in Hattiesburg. You know, we, we and we about three weeks out. We're like, well, we got to start making the pizza like practicing this is, the uh, yeah like if, if this is actually going to work like what else and eric and, and some of our friends were like well the water you know it's like because of the humidity the different water you know it's like there's whatever the levels in the water are all this stuff. and so i was up i'd done everything in the restaurant but i'd never been in the prep room so i went up back home oh about six months before i went through the whole thing with the prep room and made the dough made the dough all this stuff and we were able to it was like I was nervous, but it was almost like the, it's like when you have a kid, and your kid's six months old. You don't you want to have a nervous breakdown, but you don't have enough time to have a nervous <laughs> breakdown. <laughs> Same thing with the dough. I was like, all right, this is going to happen. It's going to work. It's going to work. And if it didn't work, I'd deal with it then, right? Um, so we got the we we nailed the sauce. The sauce is uh, a special sauce that we get, um, and it was like it's there, you know. The dough, so that was taken care of. The dough was, the dough rose. The first day we did it, we bought the wrong yeast. We used an instant yeast instead of a, an active yeast. So that was a bit of a nightmare. The dough didn't rise. I was like, all right, let's try again tomorrow. Getting the oven temperatures the right, because it's a different oven than my dad has. But we nailed it, and it was like, it's really, really good. And it took a few days to get it the right, like the right, like how we're proofing it, how we're doing it. Um, but we stuck pretty close to the way, it, the way they did it, and it it hasn't been that much different. You know, I think ours is a little bit better, actually. I think the delays. But it's, I'll, I'll tell you something. I mean, you know, I, I'm really open to all kinds of food, but I'm a snob about pizza. I grew up in an Italian uh, community, you know, in an Italian family in, in New York and New Jersey, you know, and I was very particular about my pizza taste, right? It's like I like the New York style, like Nino's, you know, whatever. Right. 
And uh, I only, you know, I went there. I went to your place because because I knew you, you're my friend, and because I had to knock it off my list and all that. I was trying to eat everywhere, you know. And I got converted in the first slice. I mean, now I go to your place more for lunch than probably almost anywhere else in the city. I'm oh, constantly wow. going. Oh, I walk there from my house all a mile and a half every time to go. You know, and I love it. But it, it converted me to deep dish pizza. I never liked deep dish pizza oh, well, before. You know, in Chicago hear. last summer, and I ate everything but the deep dish pizza because I hate it usually. Right. But I love it now. Well, that's I, I, you know what that's nice of you to say. I'm glad you like. I mean, I I find that it's not. I think it's just it's it's a it's a little different version, but it's like it's good food. You know, I mean, I eat it. I, I don't. Ha- I mean, I I don't have to eat it, but I love eating it. And we find that it's like um, I, I'm proud of it, and I'm glad you like it. I want to talk to you. I want to keep talking about all this stuff, but we probably should introduce uh, your friend because uh, he's 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 a worthy guest as well. So who do you have with you? Who's the who's the mystery I have, guest? Well, my mystery guest is my great buddy, Chef Eric, who runs uh, who's in charge of Martinique Bistro, oh. one of my favorite restaurants. Awesome, and he's also the creator of the Natty E Pizza from uh, the Midway and the Green. Charter salad. Did not know. Thank oh, the, you and for the green, joining oh, us. Oh yeah. Well, you know, he knows I'm crazy for the salads. That's my favorite salad. And I, it, you never expected it midway. It just doesn't seem like the kind of place to have a fantastic salad, but it does. It's right. amazing. I mean, you got the great bar, you got the great pizza, and that's what you expect. But who knew you were going to have such a great salad? Well, that's too. and that's why we're bringing Eric here is to give us some street cred. All right. right. <laughs> wow. Well, I'll tell you, Marnique. I visited New Orleans. Uh, it's not about me, about you, but I, I visited just a little personal story. I visited New Orleans uh, for the first time in my life. And, you know, I'm never leaving this town, but I visited the first time in my life a week before Katrina. Sure. The second meal I had here, the first <coughs> fancy meal I had here was at Marnique. And it was that day that I, when people say, when did you fall in love with New Orleans? Because I'm really passionate about the city. I always say it was that sure. day. And I think that meal had played a part in it, at least the conversation, but also the food. And I live just a block and a half from there. I'm, my office is across the street. I eat at Marnique all the time. I absolutely love it. It's one of my favorite places in the city. Yeah, it's, yeah. A, it's a special place. Easily. Yeah, for sure. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, food How do you guys know each other? I met Steve about 13 years ago. I moved to town. I like uh, coming to New Orleans. Uh, yeah, you know, was a natural progression for me. I guess I'd been down here about seven times for Jazz Fest, probably in like the mid 90s, and then like where, where were you living? I was living at the time. The first time my first trip down here was I was in Vermont. All right. Yeah, and I just the, like New Orleans, huh? Yeah, just like, like just, yeah. exactly. Yeah, it's, you, you kind of like it. Canada, and New, yeah, New Orleans, yeah. right? Yeah. So yeah, uh, a bunch of friends and us got in the car and we uh, rolled down to New Orleans. First time, like uh, in the deep south, and like uh, fell in love with it. Obviously, like you know the jazz fest and then the food and the culture was great. So, and in fact, after that trip, we made it uh, made it a deal with our, our buddies. I am. Thank you. It was delicious. Tell me, ball was awesome. Okay. Thank <laughs> you. Yes. <laughs> yes, indeed, meatball. But yeah, like uh, I'd got in the, um, I got in the car and uh, rolled down with some friends, and like uh, we made it a point right after that trip to uh, book it again for the following year. And we kind of like had the same friends come and go over the course of maybe like five or six years, and then uh, you know, eventually I'd moved around a little bit. I ended up in North Carolina, like running a uh, fourteen bedroom uh, bed and breakfast, huh. and and then uh, it was time to move, and uh, sort of like where do you want to move to? I was like, well. Uh, Rollins was the vacation spot. Maybe we'll make it home. That was fun. <laughs> wow. Yeah, so that was Check it was it, it was a good one. It was like you know I had I had like you know had my teeth in New Orleans already for a couple of years, and then it was it was kind of time to find a new vacation spot. So I went live in the one you love already. So yeah, it worked out great for me. And uh, you still love it? Still love it. Yeah, I mean this is home now. You know, I, you know it's pretty transient just as a uh, chef. You know, moving you know you know city to city and then town to town and uh, over the course of years and uh, you know too. To make your mark and uh, really like stick around for a while was a, was a good choice for me. You know, it's like I said, it's like 13 years into it. I don't think I'm going anytime soon. <laughs> so you've, you've been here 13 years and you've been at Martinique how long? I've been at Martinique for uh, right before the storm. Okay, that's that's a pretty long time. I mean, yeah, you've been there seven years or so. Yep, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah and it's been it's been great. Uh, I had uh, when I moved to town. I uh, when I left the inn, we. Uh, was here, didn't really know what to was. You know, it's a pretty tough town. It's a culinary town. You know, when you step into this place, you got a lot of, you know, there's a lot of big shoes around here to fill. So uh, I took my time getting into it. And then uh, Martinique was a uh, restaurant that I, my friends had taken me to a bunch of times. And it was sort of like a special, you know, like, place for, like, you know, birthdays, anniversaries, and that kind of stuff. And uh, uh, all of a sudden, the opportunity, uh, I was called on. They, uh, you know, they had me on the wire and said, hey, listen, would you be interested in coming and doing this? And I jumped at it, you know. I mean, All right. It's one of those great places too, where like uh, you know, I was given complete creative, you know, ability to come up with whatever I wanted and uh, right off, take over. right, right off, off from 
So that was like that was the big you know that was the big jump you know that's what every you know, every chef or anybody in the profession right. wants to do so you know you want to do your own style and do your own food and wow. and because I've been been to Martinique a bunch of times I knew what the feel of the joint was and like you know I wanted to stay true to like kind of its French roots kind of keep it in that like and it started out with sort of a Caribbean thing going too, yeah you know Hubert Sandu who originally owned it you know he was it was like kind of as like he had a l'economie downtown and then uh, he moved uptown and it was kind of like an homage to his uh his father who was from martinique oh. and his mother was from uh, paris but so this was like his kind of you know big deal shows dad like hey it's more caribbean more the style of new orleans um and he obviously french i mean that's where his roots were so it was cool to kind of take over and kind of keep the same thing going on i think now i've changed it a little bit where it's more like Stay our French. I think for like all the francophiles in town, like it's a good place to Fra- come. What? Francophiles, <laughs> people in the French. You know, in New Orleans, you lose it sometimes. You know, like I think a lot, like, a lot of the food is you know it's based off of French food, but it's definitely more traditional Southern. Like you know, it's it's really rootsy here. You yeah, know, it's, yeah. I mean, it's become its own style of food. Right. So to kind of do more on the French tip was kind of fun to kind of go back. I know it could be a little played out at some points. You know. Um, but it was kind of it's good for the people who do come to town and say, Hey listen man, like I've you know I was just in like Lyon or I was like in Paris and you know, your food is spot on, like huh. to where I just left. And that's like a great feeling, you know, like to have that. Huh. So have you been to France before? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I grew up uh, I grew up in Belgium and my You grew uh, up in Belgium and my grandfather wow. was from France. Did you know that, Steve? I'm learning things. You look surprised. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, yeah, no, um, where's the accent, man? Yeah, uh, no, no accent. Like uh, I was a world traveler. You know, I was actually uh, born in Australia and then uh, moved to uh, Belgium and then uh, back to the states after that. So you guys are illustrating here one of my theories about New Orleans. What makes this city so great? I try to tell people what's so enchanted about this place, and I try to get to describe it from a bunch of different angles. I heard recently it was a thing on John Lafitte, and it said this is a pirate city. It started as a pirate city. Oh you yeah. Know? And it was like a place of refuge for people from all over the place. And sure. they were kind of people like you that were like adventurers, you know? Yeah. So you're from Canada, and you're bouncing all around the country with your dad and, and, and hockey, and you're Vermont and Australia and all Belgium place, and whatever. Yeah. And yet you come here, and now you go, this is home. I finally found yeah. it. You know, this is the place. Right. It, it is. It is. I feel the same way. It's, it's great to actually, you know, find that place, too. Like, you know, huh. after moving around, you know, it was like, and maybe it's the time of your life, too, but it really is like, it's, got, special, it's, it's special. Yeah, it gets in here, you know. You know, and there's also, um, we, I, I've got to butt in for a second. Yeah. Um, Eric is also a proprietor of a new establishment as well. What's that? Um, it's, I don't, have you heard of, have you heard of it? It's on 1307 Lions in the neutral ground. It is the Tiki Bar. Which uh, has its own right? It's the Uptown Tiki I, Bar. Yeah, I do hear about that. <laughs> That's you. Yeah. Oh, it was a slow summer. Uh, yeah, <laughs> you know, sort of after near the right before the storm. Actually, it was before the storm. It, the good thing about the Tiki Bar, it's solid. It no did, cover. It, it, no cover. <laughs> it, it, it did go through a hurricane and yeah. you know, rebounded back. So, so wait, tell every tell us yeah, about, tell us about it. About the, the concept so that. That's all. Awesome. Really sure there's a know. concept behind it. I think it was uh, more of a summer boredom and uh, you know rolling around uptown looking at scrap oh. stuff and uh, yeah, it was great. Like, uh, see, who says uptown's not funky? Come on, no, not at yeah. all. Yeah, well, that was kind of the deal. Yeah, and you know, downtown people can pull off what they can do, but you know, we're still doing it uptown. It's, as well. it's a fantastic you, spot. You don't oh, have yeah. to be in the Bywater to be funky. Oh, I know. All over. I fight that all the time. I'm so sick of hearing that. There's a couple <laughs> blocks in the in uptown that are tediously boring, but the rest of the neighborhood yeah, is yeah, fantastic. I'm tired of that too. It's, yeah. it's fantastic. We well, figured, you know, it's a little, little, little spot outside the, the kingpin, you know. Very we'll romantic. Get some out, very romantic, <laughs> you know. Have you guys not seen it? Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, too funny. Yeah, tell yeah. us, the, tell, tell our listeners about it, though. I want to describe it for us. Oh, the tiki bar is great. It's like, it's like your, pretty much your traditional tiki bar thatched, you know, a lot of bamboo. You know, really what it was was Three like. Three feet by four <laughs> feet. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Would you be rolling oh, out of the bar at night and you were like, mm, this would be a good spot. Well, to you know, the, all right, the neutral ground. Take cover. Well, I mean, picture the like basically like a, a bamboo outhouse, right? I mean, that's about <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's, that's one of those places where yeah, we, yeah. Don't, we don't serve anything. You just go and you hang out out there. <laughs> yeah. you know, uh, it was the. Uh, it was. I think it was back in like when the Six Ten Stompers came through. Yeah. Oh. And they, had, they had a benefit outside the Kingpin where they had one of their like you know pub crawls, and uh, you yeah. know they you know they brought all their stuff out there and they left the stage out there, and the stage kind of sat in neutral ground for you know a month or two, and I was like looking at, it, I'm like. Is that thing ever going to go away? And I was like, well, can't we just bring other stuff out there then? Yeah. <laughs> so why don't we build something else out there to go with the stage, you know? Like well, the it's stage a community is a- spot. Exactly. Right? It's exactly. good timing now and, that and the paper what, is right. not every day. That could be a, a that where you get your news. It's like go check out show. the... 
It's great. Yeah. It's a, it's a, it's a nice. good dog walking stops right by the yoga studio. A lot like, of call and response. I hear I hear it's uh, you know it's got its own web page or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> it was a Facebook group. I saw a Facebook yeah. group about so it. Yeah. You didn't do that. But I, 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 I just built it, put it out there. I really, I really thought the city would just tear it down or burn yeah. it or like you know. So I was, I was like, and this is Eric. So Eric does the tiki bar. And I was like, I can tell you right now, the neighbors, I can who they're gonna give shit to is me because this <laughs> right, right. and I You're gonna get blamed. Because this thing's yeah. across the street. I was like and so I remember I was like said something to Kay, I was like, Okay, so we started teasing. I was like, as soon as one of the neighbors calls, like I'm I'm gonna call Eric and he can move the thing out. And it's chained up to a tree, right? So no neighbors have called. Every time I go to the bar to get something, there's somebody I went there tonight to pick up Eric. There's two people out there just like um, sweet nothings to each other over Having a romantic bar. moment. Oh, the yeah, tiki yeah. bar, and, and it, it, it literally, like he says, it sends a test. Children have been conceived in the tiki bar, I'm sure. And then, and then you yeah, people go out there do their work. You could not you would predict think this. that yeah. people would. Then, exactly. And then you think that people would, whatever they want to do with it. But it, the tiki bar is taken off to the point that we, and I think we can talk about this, we did, uh, Anthony Bourdain did his show, um, The Layover. Yeah. And we can say it now because it's in, right? Yeah, right. I think it's So they think filmed it's in, it in, yeah. they came and did with Donald Link, brought him to Snake and Jake's, and brought him to the Kingpin. Nice. So they call ahead and they're like, don't tell anybody, you know, because he doesn't want it, you know, it's like, if it's crowded, um, he, he'll be uncomfortable, he won't want to film. So we're all excited. It's like Bourdain's coming. My mother's going crazy. She's like, Anthony Bourdain, <laughs> he's the sexiest guy. This guy chain smokes and drinks all the time. And I had not seen the show. And she's like, he's so hot. He's like your dad. He's hot. I was like, all right. So in the midst of the When can thing, I meet your parents? I'm dying with <laughs> your parents. Please tell oh, me they're, they're, they're coming to town. Yeah. So in the middle of all this, uh, the they're coming to town. Bourdain's coming on Sunday night. We had to get Alex. Um, we had to get the taco truck there, so they had something to eat. Taco oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So Link texts me. He's like, "We're on our way. We're on our way." And I look out, and the whole fucking tiki bar is packed with people. And I'm, <laughs> and I'm like, if this guy, if they come in and pull off, and it was like, I was laughing at myself. But what are the odds that he doesn't even come in the kingpin and hangs out the tiki bar? And that's that's <laughs> the way. But I think the tiki bar made it. He came in and filmed the kingpin. And I'm, I have to think that when he walked out and left, it was like the kingpin, the taco the truck, truck yeah. the tiki bar. You really can't do much better than that. Oh, yeah. It? it really was a good yeah. It was a good neighborhood uptown moment yeah. going on. So there. Oh, yeah, and yeah. it naturally yeah. evolved. It's, it's not, it doesn't sound like you couldn't make a spot, a hangout, a cool, <laughs> right. or something. Right. It's I mean, like exactly. people feel like they must feel like they discovered it and the neighbors. Sure. Like, it's like uh, hanging out on your stoop or something, and very kid friendly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> dog yeah. friendly, yeah. kid friendly. Yeah, yeah. You know, if some of our listeners that aren't from New Orleans aren't even know what neutral ground is. You should tell them what neutral ground is. There, are, there's actually signs. There, are, uh, folks, there are street signs that say, you know, don't park in the neutral ground. That puts parentheses median. Like it has to explain it to you, <laughs> you know, on the street exactly. sign what it is. But yeah, I think it, I think the legend says it came from uh, when the French and the you know the French became Americans unwillingly in New Orleans, Louisiana Purchase, and they, they resisted for a very long time. They're in denial. My wife's family didn't start speaking English till two generations ago. And uh, neutral ground was where the Anglos and the French we could meet and not fight, you know? Right, yeah. <laughs> it's just a safe space. They do yeah, it's safe space. It. It's green space. Yeah. But it's all these green spots, these little green spots all around the city that get so much use. You know, you see in different neighbors, they have a different character, you know, yeah. and people set up stuff. And some, some neighbors just milk crates turned over that they sit on, but, you know... I love it on Claiborne. <laughs> you know, in the middle of uh, busy streets, people yeah. have their oh, crates and their chairs. They're having barbecues the the out there. They're having yeah. like family reunions <laughs> out there. You know, like. Well, I, I remember that neutral ground by, that you're talking about, the Tiki Bar from uh, the Roller Girls had a uh, set up in front of the Kingpin, one of the first Roller Girl that bouts really I went cool. to about 2008 or so. They were set up out there doing a car wash car or washes, something. Yeah. And it's like, how could I not stop? You know, it's a bunch right. of like Roller Girls in like shorts, you know, washing cars. and like, okay, I got to go there. I mean, I'll but, tell you, to this day, one of my favorite memories is that after Katrina, um, you know, everything was shut down. And we had uh, the, the um, Pussyfooters would practice out front of, on Sundays. And they're like, do you mind if we use the neutral gun? They still do it now. And I remember we were sitting there, and it was like, you know, it was it was a real strange time. And it was probably two, it was, I guess, November. We are outside, and we would have the football games. The pussy, we'd be barbecuing. The pussyfooters would be out front in the medium practicing. And then this woman, Cree McCree, 
Yeah. Uh, Creed the Flea, who does all the... the um, art markets, right? The art markets. Yeah. Before they take it up, they started doing one, the Kingpin Flea Market. And it was like... I, and I, you know, I mean, we're talking about a space that's what, like fifty by twenty, yeah. 50, fifty by, by twenty, and then it's also fifty by ten if you take away all the dog crap. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, it's just insane. But yeah, I remember sitting there, and it wasn't like it's something that I'd foster, but I was just like, God, to be a part of this, I was like, yeah. this is really cool, you know. <laughs> and I mean, I guess it helped with a few drinks, and, but it was like, wow. And so that neutral ground. <laughs> Well, I think the camp is cool like that. It's got, a, it's got a, I mean, it's got a front yard. Right. <laughs> I mean, all, all, the, all the bars have a front yard. You know? Right, right. <laughs> That's a good thing. Well, it maybe it's just a good time to take a break for the uh, grab bag. What do you think? Let's okay, do that. Okay, sure. So this is kind of a ripoff on uh, that cooking show, Chopped. But we are going to have y'all pick out of the Rouse's grab bag All right. our beautiful Rouse's items that we purchased today. <laughs> our favorite, <laughs> and you stick your hand in the bag and you pull Shop out local. three yes, please. And uh, you pull out three items and we see if just off the cuff if you can come up with a some kind of dish, dish with what about um, right. are we on are we on right now? Yeah. Yeah. So as a, this, I have a. I got three question. of these. Is the hamburgers going to be cooked until ten o'clock? Midnight. They smell yeah. so good. Oh, Midnight. okay, perfect. Oh, yeah. I can, oh, yeah. You hungry? Yeah. We can. We, no, I'm going to wait till I finish. But it smells right. so good. Oh yeah, great job. All right, so I'm in on this. Do you guys know yep. Meatball? Pizza. I know Meatball. Yeah. Okay. How do I, I know? Know? I don't know Meatball. You I might have met Meatball from into, uh, until tonight. We have a kid that comes into the. He sounds like he's going to be a great guest. So I take three of these. Yeah, he's got one. I got one. Pull out two more. So it's going to be. And you read it and. I'm ready to read it. Okay, you you can read it. I've got Eric. You since you're. Uh, I can read. Here we go. A chef. Uh, uh, I've got shrimp. Shrimp. And Steve, you got tamarind and sugar cane. So can you come up it. with something really quick using those three ingredients? Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> you can definitely do. What a, would you do? Well, I mean, you got shrimp, tamarind, and sugar cane. You could definitely do like a lacquered uh, shrimp, uh, you know, tamarind sauce. I mean, I mean that's skewer it up. That's why you bring the mystery guest. Yeah. All right, that's <laughs> there you go. go. Is tam- All right, next Monday. Tam- Tamarind's like a, uh, you know, it's like a Indonesian or like you know, it's equator, you know, like. Uh, but it's like it's a green herb as well. No, it's like a, it's like a, it could be like a sweet and spice too. Okay. Yeah. Kind of tastes like, like sweet tart. Sweet, it comes yeah, in a shell. Exactly. It comes in right. a shell. It's like almost like a, it like, it's almost like it's like a bean. Why don't you have the other stuff they have on like chopped, where it's like, um, you know, shoestring, uh, <laughs> well, eggshell. We, there were some like that. <laughs> We were gonna. They're not piece we, of chain. We, we, All right, they're not that great. Some rusty chain. Right, ready? Here we go. I'm gonna quiz you guys. Okay, ready? No, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, but here we go. Oh yeah. I just like All right, we're gonna go prosciutto. Yep. Anisette and. You ready? Here's the big one. Okay, prosciutto. We can get rid of anisette because I don't know if I. Spoke. I don't know. That's no, right. I can do it. Prosciutto, bitters. And um, and is that calamari and calamari? Okay, here's what I do: I take those ingredients <laughs> and I drive over to Eric's house <laughs> <laughs> and I, like I let that. him cook something with it because because I'll mess Not it up first. Yeah, <laughs> and then you sleep till noon. <laughs> and, then, and then the last one is this will help you reformation. <laughs> so it says. Yep. So you got to what are you going to put reformation on top or are you going to do that? <laughs> Oh man! All right. Well, this is why I I, uh, I go to places and and buy things to eat. Well, uh, tell me, like, what is? It, uh, are you at the Kingpin anymore now? I mean, I'm not I haven't seen you the last last couple um, times I've been over there. You, no, you're probably more, mostly at Midway, right? Mostly at Midway. We have the great. We've had the same. We've been really lucky with. We've had, probably had the our crew that's been there. His Kate, my girlfriend, has been there since we first opened. But uh, it's probably the same seven or eight people. It's like family that right. Um, it's they treat it like their own. You know, it's the, it, it basically the reason why people keep coming in there is because when Ben and I stopped bartending, we realized it was good for business. You know, like, <laughs> <laughs> um, they have a great following. They're just wonderful people, and it's uh, we're we're really lucky to have them. So Ben and I basically um, take credit, I guess, or you know, like, but it all has to do with them. You know, people yeah. are there and. It's one of those places where uh, it's the personalities that come in feed off the personalities. That, I mean, it, it becomes this yep. sort of yeah. It's thing. definitely been a family thing. I mean, I yeah. walked in those doors like twelve years ago. I mean, right when you guys opened, right? Home. I mean, I, li- I lived like right down the neighborhood, right? 
And, uh, you know, friends were like, hey, you know, this new bar is opening up, and these guys are having a bulldog or everything. You know, down there. They're like, it's a great new bar. It's close to your house. Like, you should go in and check it out. And it, was, and it really was. It was like, and the same people are still there today. Yeah. Has it, it always been sort of Elvis theme too? You know, you that got Elvis like, stuff. It, well, that was like you know, I'm the crew of the Rolling Elva. I'm an Elvis fan too. Oh, yeah, I know yeah, you the are. Rolling yeah. Elva, take yeah. it because that used to be. But the what happened was we called it the Kingpin. We couldn't think of a name. We had all these names. The same thing with the Midway, and all, you come up with all these names, and it's all. I swear, ninety percent of them have like a negative sexual connotation. Like it's like <laughs> um, it was going to be the tin, like. And any, and you, you, it, it all goes back to some bad skin flick or something. You're like, why? Wow, this means something else. And, like, <laughs> and we had, and and then it was like the kingpin. You can't think anything bad about the kingpin. It was like, think of negative, think of negative. Couldn't do it. So did the kingpin. And then people started bringing. I mean, I love Elvis. You know, we had we'd have an Elvis night. People started bringing Elvis shit right off the bat. Really? Okay. So it's like the king. And then we get bowling stuff. But then we get bowling pins, and you can't. We, we didn't used to have a shelf, so the bowling pins would fall. It's like, why do we have the bowling pins? <laughs> right. But it just, people started bringing the Elvis stuff. And then we did more kitschy stuff with, um, when we did the back room, we made like the jungle room. That was sort of the idea. All right, that yeah, yeah. And the Midway was the same thing with the name. We had like all these names. We thought we could, you know, it was like, you know, it was Chicago. Like we had, uh, I don't want to say it, cause it but, you know, like names. It was like, oh, this sounds great. This sounds great. Why don't you want to say it? Well, because the names I can only ones I can think of right now, besides the Midway, are all. Um, <laughs> you'll realize when I say it that why we didn't are they use nasty? the names. No, they they no at all not at all oh, nasty, oh. but they can rhyme with something. This it's like you just <laughs> find <laughs> it's, it's like that Seinfeld episode. Yeah. Yeah, you're like you're like you couldn't find anything, but the Midway was the same idea, and our friend was like, because we were going to call it Icos at first. The wars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> That's what Wait, That's what rhymes with it? Say it again. Remember, remember from the Seinfeld? Do you remember the Seinfeld episode? He didn't want to date anybody whose name rhymed with like a sex organ or whatever. Right, right, so yeah. remember, remember this was like Dolores and Mulva and. Oh, okay. It right, took me right. a second to figure out what it rhymed was rhyming with. Okay, all right, all right. So well, anyway, so with the midway, this is a family show. This is a family <laughs> show. But the midway was the same thing. A friend of ours came with a name no, and not. said the midway, and it was like, boom, like the midway. And we were like, oh, that's like Chicago midway. And then it was like midway. He was thinking more of like the. Uh, Amusement park, like the Midway. Remember, like you yeah. go in, like the Midway. Oh, and uh, it was like innocuous. It's like you know what? That's Midway Uptown, Downtown, catchy. What? And it was like right. we had that. And we had that sign. The logo is from that sign that was on Broad Street next to the jail. There's like that Legion sign that's been there forever. And it's gone now. And I went and took a picture of it. It was always for sale. It was like the local carpenter union. Uh-huh. And I was like, the sign looks good. We couldn't afford neon, but with the Midway fit in there, so we did. Ah. Uh. Wow. Well, you know, I, I love that. I love the whole vibe there too. It's just so kind of you know crisp and interesting. Right. You know, and I should. Whole... And I'm going to cut you off again, but I got to tell you that because we're, we're um, Eric is when we did the restaurant, we were so excited because we, these guys that we've all hung out with are like the best cooks in town. You know, it's like Eric. Um, you know, we have friends in Patois for every restaurant. And they see you know buddies, and it was like any. You know, it's like can you help us out? And Eric was right the right on the get-go. Another friend of ours had opened another restaurant with us that didn't do so well. This guy, we call him Fine Don and Dave, Fine who used to be at yes. Commander's and run Jack, ran Giacomo's. was like, what's up, new Mike? Doing, <laughs> what was the greatest job you've ever had? Medway, man. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Random customer here. This is amazing. No, he, okay. got, he was, um, he's our, he, uh, new Mike worked at the Midway, and he's a family friend, and uh, we've had a lot, you know. New we, Mike. Well, that's what we call him because there's old Mike. There's old Mike. <laughs> new Mike came in, and new Mike was like, and I've been waiting for the shoe to fall because I'd work for my parents, and all my friends would work, and they'd all get fired because they wouldn't show up. And new Mike was the first family friend that didn't, um, his third time not showing up to work. I was like, new Mike, you got to come. So you fired the guy. The guy, that just, the guy just walked into Ted's, <laughs> still referred to got a new burger, Mike. and new just Mike. walked out just now with somebody you Favorite fired. Well, didn't really and he fire. still loves you. We didn't say fire, because you don't, can't fire anybody anymore, because then you have the unemployment situation. Right, right. New, <laughs> Mike, is, him, new Mike is taken off the schedule for a couple weeks. Taken off the schedule. Right. <laughs> and, I, and I'm cutting you off, and I know that the, we can run in the time, but the thing is that I was going to say is that these guys nailed um, the, the, the green charter, which is one of my favorite salads. You said that crab salad at Martinique and he's uh-huh. like I got a recipe you could use and different ideas on how to do stuff and our friend Fine Dine and Dave who was in charge of he came up with the 
caprese. I mean, it's basically really caprese, good. but with the balsamic, his idea with the garlic, garlic spread, on, yeah. the garlic spread on the the baguettes, yeah, and his recipe for the which you like the house salad a lot. I love the house salad. And it's crazy for it. and that was his recipe. And they're like, that's something that we're really. It's like we were really lucky to have him come in and be like, you know, we're not going to do the salads like. Uh, it's not going to be just a shitty pizza place. You know? Yeah, it's yeah, like, yeah. Boom. Yeah, usually it. get this, you know, kind of iceberg. I mean, it's I like love Thousand Island Day with like, yeah, right. Thousand Well, it's, well that's like if you go to a pizza place, it's always like whatever in the pizza bin. You yeah, know, it's like hey, it's, it's just like my pizza except on lettuce. <laughs> <laughs> I well, man, know the first okay, time your dad, um, your dad came in, okay. and what he oh, were you yeah. proud and and what did he think? You must have been so nervous. <laughs> They came in before we opened. Um, he had come in. He had when we first. They'd come in before we opened and seen the play. You know, it's like um, he totally tried. You know, whatever. But it was like helped me a lot. But when we first, and then I, the first weekend, I was like, "Don't come this weekend." You know, like let's get through this. Unless you want to get in the kitchen with me, yeah, like, you know, you've already seen this guy. I mean, down. at that point, you're just exhausted, and it's like the only people you're taking out on is your family. You know, it's like the only people you can. So they, but he came in and he. What was really cool is that we had done his. We named a pizza after him. So uh-huh. when we first did the menu, um, we were like, okay, let's come up with like specialty pizzas. Um, and I, so I called him and said, we're naming a pizza after you. What do you want on it? And he's like, the combination. So he, want, I was like, what do you want to call it? And he's like, I said, like, give me your favorite hockey number. So that's the number eighteen, which is. Oh, him. I remember you telling me. This and then um, yeah. you know, like other, we named him after a couple of people that worked there. But he came in and he was really great. Like, uh, they're totally supportive and fantastic. And Ben's parents came in as well. And we were like, it was like a Friday night, busy. You know, it was like, it was really good. And he really liked the pizza. And he got in the kitchen and was like doing, you know, it was like with the guys. And he was really uh, was there in the morning time because he wanted to hang out with. The, we have like a couple of Latinos that work with us. We've Roger from Nino, who's like, oh yeah, been the love savior. Roger. Oh, he's the greatest. He's our dough guy. guy. It's like. So he's, I mean, it was like, so Bugs is there in the morning, and he's outside, and he's like, he's, you know, impatient. So he comes in, and he's out, like, sweeping the front front of the building. And, well, you got to make it look clean and all this. I said, well, Dad. See Dad sweeping out there? Yeah, he's sweeping, because he couldn't, it was like he, uh, like, the fact that he was standing still, he couldn't go with it. And yeah. all I'm doing is smoking cigarettes. I'm like, I'm not, I'm not going out there right now. And he was like, <laughs> then he came in, he was telling the one person what to do. It was like, it was fantastic, you know. It was awesome. Like, but they loved it, and they liked it so much because we do a meatball thing, a couple other, um, a couple other special pizzas they don't have. You know, they're just more basic. So they've taken the Thunderbird, they've changed the name to the Ico, and they've taken the pigs in the blanket up there. Nice. And they're doing the meatballs. Well, they, but they do sliders and stuff like that, which we're not uh, right. That craze has sort of ha- has, has been here, and it's it's slower to get there. So they're right. upset about that. But he was really That's got to be so cool. Your dad's copying you now, too. I mean, you, well, you're no, copying I mean, your dad now. He's he's using some of your stuff. He's allowed right? to copy. I owe him a lot of money. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have to pay. Hey, well, we're running out of time. We only got like five more minutes. I got like a couple more stories and questions to ask you. Okay, okay. so first of all, uh, okay, so uh, so first couple of years I knew you a little bit. I'd be walking down Magazine Street. I'd hear you yell out Andrew's name where I'd look up, and I'd always see you driving around in your, your orange uh, truck, uh, you know? Canada, yeah. Yeah, now, now that that's an open-top uh, vehicle, but didn't always used to be, right? Didn't you cut the, the roof off? For that yourself, you can take the roof off. It was an international scout. I still have it. Um, <laughs> it's going to be featured in a Century Link commercial. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I just got about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, but the the top. What happened was the car. I, that was my only car I had. Ike's mom was like, "I cannot believe this is going to be your primary car." I was like, "It's safe." I had the mount seat belts, and I put Ike <laughs> in his little chair in it, and it was gold and. That was it. And when I evacuated for Katrina, I was like, I made a decision when I got back. I was like, I need to get another call. Right? <laughs> you evacuated. <laughs> but, I, but I paid, I paid nine hundred bucks for it. Going through a hurt category four hurricane with right. no top was like no, kind of well, no, difficult. Well, no, I had a top then. But then <laughs> what happened was, I got, I had to get a new car. And then last year, I guess two years ago, I was driving. I wouldn't drive that much unless it was night. You know, it's like I was driving and someone ran into me. I was like, come on. So. They had, didn't have insurance. I had insurance, and the, the, with those old cars now, you can get the insurance is a hundred bucks a year. So I think it paid for itself. The guys gave me money. They didn't have insurance. My insurance paid for it. Gave me money. I got it painted. So it was like this orange paint job. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't. Yeah. But I didn't want. I, they had worked on it over at this place for so long 
And I was like, well, I want to paint it blue. And they're like, no, no, no. And I was like, they've done all this. I was like, well, you paint it whatever color you want to paint. Get it home. And we, Kate and I, you just told the paint whatever color they wanted. <laughs> whatever. I almost let that with. go. That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Well, okay, then, keep like, going. Like, it's hot orange or something. <laughs> and now it looks like every orange taxi in town. That's okay. <laughs> right. That's the, like saying the hospital, like, just name my baby whatever, whatever you want. Exactly. It doesn't matter. Like, kid. Like, yeah, just go yeah, like, to You it. can't just have somebody paint your car a random color. <laughs> well, it was uh, they your primary vehicle. Yeah, well, <laughs> that, that, at this point, <laughs> modified primary vehicle. Primary did. And so they, I still have the car. They, I got it in. Kate and I bought a house that had a garage that shouldn't fit any car. And I got the car. The car fits in without the top by like an inch and a half. And Kate's like... So if you like, fill the tires up with too much air... That's the problem. Yeah, you can't get... You can't the get other the problem is, is that it, because the downstairs is connected with the stairs, Kate's like, you can't drive the car in because it makes the whole house smell. So I have to now push. The, I have to push it. the car in and pull the car out. <laughs> I don't have a top and I don't have windshield wipers, so I can't drive it in the rain or anything. But the, recently, someone called me and they said, "We've got this ad. We want to use your car, friend of mine, for this commercial." I was like, for "This right. commercial for Cent." And that's what I didn't know it's CenturyLink. I was out in Denver. So this, I was like, "Man, this is a big company, CenturyLink." You know. So I got five hundred bucks. I had to get the car out to veterans. Out to um, Sylvester's Cowboy Boot Place. I hadn't. This is two months ago. It's pouring down rain. I have no windshield wipers. <laughs> um, the brake tag is completely expired. Um, I don't have a license. I mean, I'm like, <laughs> don't try this at home. Kids. And you're going into Jefferson Parish. They're serious. I'm, over there. Yeah, I'm thinking to myself go, with yeah. the thing raining, like, and I was like, this friend of mine is going to follow me out, and they're going to come pick it up. And I was like, and the guy was like, we really need it for this commercial. I was like, all right, I'll get it out there. And I'm thinking while I'm driving in my raincoat on Earhart Boulevard with it pouring down rain and I'm with no windshield wipers looking at the side with the top off, like if a police, you know, officer saw me, what, like, would he just, like, you're so stupid I have to pull you over? Yeah. I, I, I made it there, dropped it off, got home, and it's, I got 500 bucks, and, and so hopefully it's going to be a movie it'll, star. It'll be immortalized. It'll be immortalized. And you can, uh, yeah. when you retire that car, you'll... What's, what's okay. the company? What's so it that's what I said. I didn't know it was CenturyLink. They're like, what's what a that? big... They're like a big telecom plate. Like, CenturyLink is like Cox So cable. why'd they want your car? Because they filmed everything here, and they're doing a retro... Oh. So it's at that Sylvester's Western place, and they made it all anyway. The car okay. I'm so glad okay. I asked you that question. That's so I much just, better answer I than I ever expected. I thought we were just going to get a story about it. You got a chainsaw scale. one day, you got mad at your car, you cut off the top. It's still there. It's still there. Wow, uh, okay. I, I'm not ready for y'all to go yet. We got a few more questions okay. we got to get in there. Because I heard you mention Kate. Right. Now, she must be a pretty special lady yes. to put up with somebody that owns a bar right, right. and a restaurant. I mean, it's hard enough to meet. And yeah. to and have a, and a, a relationship with someone <laughs> like and a car heard. that stinks up a house. Right, right, and right. That, I don't. We're all trying to figure that out because Kate is everybody's favorite, my favorite. Um, and uh, at some point, we're wondering if she like when is she going to wake <laughs> up and realize come to her senses, have the full meltdown. <laughs> right. She has a lot of patience, and Apparently. she's. But she also. Works very hard, so she's at the kingpin. She's a welder. I was going to say, I heard she's a builder too, right? Yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's her and these other the two other artists, and they make fences while in the meantime making sculptures. So she's very busy. So that's probably why it works. <laughs> but she doesn't have to see. <laughs> and Ike and I I'm have really been tired. on. Yeah, yeah. She's <laughs> busy all day, and you're busy all day and night. Right, right. So it's but we spent a lot of time together, and she's been great. It's been really cool having all of us live together. So it's been lots wow. of fun. Wow. All right, I'm going to tell another story, Steve, unless you got enough. No, okay. no, go ahead. I'll All right, so one of my first encounters with you, every single time I'm, I'm around you, there's something amazing happens. But uh, early on, I'm out at Herb Saint, Donald Link's place, you know, as right. you know, high-end kind of place. And, you know, you're usually dressed like me. You're kind of, you know, you're kind of in, in, in T-shirts, like a biker hat or something, and jeans and whatever. And I walk into Herb Saint, I'm, uh, you know, I, I, I dig out my one pair of khakis I have or whatever for that place, you know, for lunch and a nice shirt. I go in. And uh, I see you walking around, and you're in, like, a sweater vest, and it's, like, gold, and you had, like, on plaid pants, you know? Like gold and black pants. Gold and black plaid pants, and you're already, you know, bombed, if I could say that, like, at, you yeah, know, yeah, like, yeah, lunchtime. Yeah, you were hammered at lunchtime. <laughs> and 
I didn't know what was going on, but you were you were you were practicing a song that I had never heard before. You had written, I think. Right. That was. And uh, yeah, and then I I got bits and pieces of the story, and then the waiters were kind of all rolling their eyes about you guys. But you, but I guess once a year you you rent out the back room. Is that what, what it what is? What happens? And, it's it's um, that's actually one of the that's <clears throat> that's a, a, a wonderful memory because it's going to maybe make me um, tear up here. No, <laughs> the what happens? That's, that's why we're friends with Link. Is that um, a great buddy of mine, Chris Hunter, who. Eric knows, yeah. uh, in charge of Purveyor Fine Wines. He, once a year, we all ride on a, the float together. So Link's on the, Donald's on the float with, it's like. Which, which crew is that? Crew Toast. Toast. So it's yeah. Donald. Toast. So this yeah, yeah. year was Donald. It was right in front of my house. So yeah, it's yeah. Donald Link. Um, it's like the, the who's who. Um, Brian from Clancy's. Um, wow. Fine dining. Uh, Fine dining. But no, we have two other big time cooks on it. It's like. So what unites you, the Saints? So the Saints, so that we all get okay. together at Herb Saints. So they would okay. do. So this that year was this annual Saints brunch, which Donald comes to. Or we also have a Toth meeting. So we don't really run out the back. Chris brings all this wine, and we all, uh, they just keep bringing food to us, right? And so Donald's there, all, and it's like, and all, but all these guys, I was always a Redskin guy. And this oh. was my first year of, because the Redskins, I went to the Super Bowl. I was like nuts about them. But I, I couldn't. This is the year after the Saints had won the Super Bowl. I had to make, um, I had to cleanse myself of the Redskins in the right way to become a Saints fan. So it's like a baptism for you. This is of, exactly yeah. like I should have been at yeah. Redeemer Church talking to you about. <laughs> so we wear this stuff. So we come in and, and Hunter's got all this wine, food. So everyone tells like a story because I sat through the last two years of it just being a neutral guy, and the stuff that was coming to these guys. Was like you know the, they'd bring a slideshow like uh, football like you know the '69 draft. There was and so this year they bring a slideshow of the '69 draft. No, they're like they, it would be like written out like it'd be trivia. It was like right out of the movie Diner. You know, I was like these guys yeah. are off their fucking locker. <laughs> and I so I was like I got to come up with something good. And they and this is no shit. We were laughing. I saw something. They we had before I went on. It was like these children. You know, like everyone's has kids. Everyone's doing their own thing. To a T, three of the six guys said that the Super Bowl is the greatest day of their life. Like, doesn't matter. This is, don't tell my wife this. The greatest day of my life. <laughs> so I've got this song. So I've got to sing. So I was like, well, what I'm, I'm going to do is I'd like to make a toast. And before I talk about the Saints, I have to, uh, I have to, I have to thank the Redskins for everything. So it's like I made a toast to like. Um, you know, here's to the Redskins. Here's to uh, I'll always hate the Dallas Cowboys and Jerry Jones. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then I sang "Hail to the Redskins" one last time, and then I sang my new song, which was um, "Drew, uh, Drew, Drew and Brittany in the season, the mighty season, Drew, Drew and Brittany." So that was my song, <laughs> yeah. and then now I've been a lifelong Saints fan after that. Man, so that was like your conversion. That was that like was my conversion. Yeah, yeah, that was it, man. Wow. It was like my reformation. I never heard the song man. before. <laughs> <laughs> I love it, man. Well, it looks like we're out of time. We, maybe we can have you on again. This was awesome. Did <laughs> yeah. you have anything else? Well, I did want to ask them. Um, oh, the, to, book the book yeah, of yeah. questions. This was very popular in the eighties. Probably gonna 80s. take half of our stuff out anyway. Huh? huh? And uh, <laughs> I don't. Okay, pick a number between 1 and 217. The FCC will make us. <laughs> What's your well, favorite number first. between... Okay, your favorite number Probably between 1 and 217. 137. 137. You remember this book from the 80s? I, do you I, I remember that book, yeah. Yes. Very I 80s. Haven't. Okay. Do you find it so hard to say no that you regularly do favors you do not want to do? If so, Why? <laughs> Do wow. you have a hard time saying no? Yeah, no. I, I actually have the opposite. I always say yes to everything, I think. And then I get myself in a lot of trouble for it. <laughs> Hence, I'm here right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Thank you. All right. Let's... I mean, are you willing to, yeah, to do this? On, All right. On, on. One yeah, in 217. Oh, yeah. I got to do... Uh, I'll do um, one, uh, one, two, two. I thought you were going to do the uh, your dad's number. 18. No? Yeah. All right. If you were happily married and that then met someone you felt was certain to always bring you deeply passionate, intoxicating love, would you leave your spouse? What if you had kids? Is that too heavy of a question? That may be too heavy of a question. Because I don't, I don't think you would, right? <laughs> I mean, like, whatever, passionate. you, you got to find your own passion. 
right? So you got passion. You got passion. Give him another one. Okay, 18. Yeah, just something. You got like, what yeah, um, if you're like a coconut? These are so weird. Do you want to be a coconut or like? A <laughs> these are so intense. If you no, ran in, what if you right. ran into Bigfoot? Would you <laughs> take a picture or? <laughs> or would you? Right. Have him eat deep dish. Right, right, right. Okay. <laughs> if you could wake up tomorrow having gained any one ability or quality, what would it be? Lose weight. <laughs> there you go. Thank you very fast. much. All right. That was easy. Well, thanks right for ha- thanks for coming, guys. Thanks a lot for having us. Yeah, it was so good to have you here. That's been our show for tonight. Thanks for joining us. Our special guest has been Steve Watson and Steve Watson's Plus One, Eric Laboucher. Margot and I produced the show ourselves with very little help from anyone except for Mitch Cry, our technical director. Now you can get in touch with us at Midnight Menu Plus One by going to our website, itsneworleans.com. It's NewOrleans.com. You can tweet us. We're at It's New Orleans. And you can like us on Facebook, where we're also It's New Orleans. Or you can go to our website. Guess what? It's called It's New Orleans.com. <laughs> or you can sign up for our mailing list. It's New Orleans.com. You can listen to other web uh, episodes of Midnight Menu Plus One, as well as our great other great New Orleans shows, Happy Hour, Mindset, True to the Game, and Out to Lunch. Now, if you've listened to the show on iTunes, thanks for subscribing. Maybe you can take a minute to rate and review us. That helps other people to find us. Midnight Menu Plus One is a production of INO Broadcasting for itsneworleans.com. Till we meet again here at Ted's Frostop, I'm Ray Canada. And I'm Margot Moss. See you next week on Midnight Menu Plus One. Bye-bye. You know Labor Day signals the unofficial end of summer, but not the end of your outdoor projects. Lowe's helps you do it right and helps you save with Labor Day deals throughout the store. Shop now and get two bags of Stay Green Potty Mix for $12. And keep your lawn looking neat and trim with a Craftsman 2-Cycle 17-inch gas string trimmer, now $20 off at just $119. Whatever's still on your to-do list this Labor Day, do it right for less. Start with Lowe's. Offers valid through 828. Soil offer excludes Alaska and Hawaii, U.S. only.